Number nine. <laughs> Just observe. Talk number nine. It seems to be really necessary to observe, watch, look at whatever is showing up without adding anything to it, without making excuses, without covering it up, without doing anything. It takes some time to do that because whatever happens, usually we spontaneously, reactively think something else about it or, or add something to it or interpret it or name it or do something with it. In this area, less is better. Sit down and don't, insofar as you can, don't add. And if you do add, then observe the way you add. This is the only way you're going to be able to see the three marks of existence. Lakshana, I think it's called. Sanskrit Lakshana. Is that correct? Impermanence. Impermanence. We need to actually see the impermanence. Not just, well, yeah, things don't last. Not just kind of agree with it. You actually have to see that all compounded things, anything that comes together as something is going down. Everything. Some traditions think that's not true. Think that there's some kind of uh, eternal essence called a soul. Anything that's coming together is going down. Buddha nature doesn't come together. So seeing impermanence, we need to observe that in our own thought patterns. You can even say when something, anything happens, positive, negative, neutral, elaborate, uh, uh, simplified, painful, not so painful, irritating, not so irritating, irritating, but now not irritating, was irritating, but now it's not irritating. Still there, but it's not irritating. It's just, there's so many elaborations. And it seems to be so necessary to see that whatever shows up as something is doesn't last. You need to, if you don't look directly at it and just witness it, see it, observe it, and you add anything to it, you subtract anything from it, explain it, name it, then it tends to persist. It gets some kind of a of a temporary stay of execution. But if you just see it, especially those. If you just see just especially those situations where we're feeling upset or suffering, just look at it. If you, if you add anything to it, a justification or a, an elaboration, uh, an explanation of why it's even happening, then it tends to, uh, you could say it, it tends to think that it is something and can, has some kind of legs. The next one that needs to be seen is dukkha. We need to observe, we need to actually observe that this is unsatisfactory. We're not talking about some kind of pessimism. We're, we're just saying that that even even pleasure is unsatisfactory because there's it's not going to last. And also it involves some kind of sensitivity or nerve endings. That sensitivity is sensitive in lots of ways. Pain of pain pain of the composite, pain of alternation, pain of the composite, we've talked about before, needs to, be, needs to be actually seen. Each one of us need to see that ourselves. Then the last one that needs to be observed, seen, witnessed, looked at without elaboration is there isn't any solid being. Even our own identity 
is constantly breaking apart and gets its apparent longevity from plus and minus. And I say, I like it, and I don't like it. And our, this constant lecturing that we do with ourselves, constant chattering about who we are, what we've got, what we don't have, what we've lost, what we shouldn't have lost, what we deserve, what we don't deserve, who should be doing this, who should be doing that, and what the hell is this anyway? So just observe number nine. Have I said this all before exactly the same way? Do I always give the same talk and just give it a different number? I don't know, but maybe we should publish a book and name it The Twelve Talks. <laughs> no, there's no guarantee there's going to be a ten. The only, only reason I do these talks is because I don't know what to talk about. I don't want to name anything. <clears throat> That being said, I can always come up with something. I come in here, and if, I, if something doesn't arise, then I might ask you. It's very difficult, isn't it, to just sit down, hold still uh, in, in our, in our uh, uh, shikantaza, zazen, meditation, mindfulness, whatever you're calling it, anyone. Hold very still and just observe whatever is moving, thoughts, ideas, um, evaluations, projections, analysis without adding something onto it. Something arises, do nothing with it. Don't push it down, don't rise it up, don't divide it, don't do anything. Michelle? When questions arise, is that adding? Um, sitting meditation? Could be. Is that all that arises, just like a question? Questions about what you're thinking or what's going on. So rather than have me answer that, because each person's experience of that, some one person might have something very similar to what's happening with you and might not re really refer to it as a question. So anything that's moving is, as they say, or as a metaphor, is a fair game. Anything that's moving is, is awareness can watch that, can, can bring your awareness or, or allow the awareness or whatever words work for you. Because if we don't, if we don't do that, then we're... We get magnetized by is and isn't, right and wrong, good and bad, up and down, back and forth, and all the eight worldly concerns. More? Michelle? Yeah. Is all thought a form of adding? Yes. So it's interesting, an interesting area when you when thoughts spring out of nowhere and you're you're thinking something. Uh, see if you can find an adder. Not talking about the snake. You've heard of the puff adder? See if you can find someone who's adding. See if you can find someone who's not adding, who's getting some kind of identity about not adding anything. I meant to tell you that was a misunderstanding about the water. Okay. <laughs> Just a misunderstanding. Yes. You have a question? Mm -hmm. What's the difference between that spontaneous adding and meddling? The spontaneous adding uh, would be would just come up spontaneously. It would just you wouldn't you would just immediately have something happens and you have a thought about that that takes you away from it that separates it defines it for you that that criticizes it that it comes out of dependent origination pratitya samuttada 
And until that will continue to occur out of your karma or karma in general, until it is seen for what it is. And that then it, that's when it starts to lose its energy. More? The difference between that and what else? Meddling. Yeah, meddling is where you're, you have an agenda about something and you want your way, you want to get your way, you want something to happen a certain way. And it might be followed up by, oh, I'm just doing this for your own good. How many times have people heard that? <laughs> Say, someone said, well, I'm just trying to be help you. Nah, they're not. No, they just want to be a person who's helpful, which is a very subtle form of identity. Just receive. If you want to observe, just receive. Whatever's happening, don't stop it. Don't encourage it. Don't shut off. Those are the three poisons. More? You said something about once we see that, it starts to lose its uh, either its fuel or it starts to calm down. Or um, Is there an intention for us to have less thought? Maybe initially. It's the idea of looking and seeing what, see if you can watch the thoughts, see what thoughts do. Uh, some traditions actually have you follow the breath so that you, even the early teachings of the Buddha were about breath awareness practice, about trying to get ourselves away from that. But I don't think that's necessary to get ourselves away from thoughts. Use the thought as the object of meditation. It's an object. The following the breath is just more boring. Follow the thoughts. Think. Watch the thought. Watch what the thoughts do. Can you stop thinking? Can anyone here stop thinking? You might ask me if I can. Can you? No. <laughs> I can't stop thinking. Why not? Why can't you stop thinking? There isn't anyone. There isn't. There's no such thing as a thinker. If there was such thing as a thinker, then you could, you could stop. You could just stop doing that. There isn't anyone. It's both good news and terrible news at the same time, depending on where your allegiance lies. Do you see all of your thoughts? No, I see about 58%. <laughs> Do you see most of your thoughts? I don't even see them. I, I, don't, I mean, don't even know what they are. It's a good question. Please don't stop. I mean, help me. I don't know. I mean, I can't. I don't know. I, I, if you don't, then I can't. <laughs> I'm wondering how to follow thoughts. And, and That's a good thing to wonder about. It's like I wonder how to ski. You know, you're in Florida on the beach in Sarasota, leaning back in a chair. Wonder how to ski. Not water ski. Snow ski. Keep coming, please. Or if the instruction is to observe and thoughts are something that seem to lead me away, how do I observe? Or I seem to get trapped by thoughts. Seeing you're trapped. That's, that's uh, seeing you're trapped. Seeing that they lead you away is awareness. It's not something to correct. There's nothing to correct. It's only to be seen. If you see it, it's, it can be, it, it can show up as, from the point of view of ego, it can show up as embarrassing because you, you really realize how little say so you have to, about anything. And all this time you thought you could actually do something about something. But there isn't anyone. More? Darn. I was going to thinking I would be, know what that one thing was. You didn't ask it. So. I lost again. What? Is seeing that we're leaving really leaving? 
I think it varies. Uh, I understand your question. I feel I understand your question, but I think it, it varies. There's a lot of uh, little, um, what's the word, uh, nuances there that, that, that tend to enter in that, that have to do with dependent origination that are hard to see. It's, uh, the example I often use because it's a traditional example is tributary streams flowing in the darkness. It's very hard to see all of the things that arise as uh, uh, karma. Why you know, is awareness enough? Pardon me? Why is awareness enough? Give me a con. I understand what you're saying. Give me a context. Oh, you often instruct us to. Um, uh, we don't have to change anything, but just see yes. how we continue to uh, object to what arises. The awareness, just awareness. Awareness is king. Awareness is queen. Yes. So, the idea with uh, just awareness being enough is uh, because uh, everything else is anything that's arising is dependently arisen. And you could even say awareness is dependently arisen at some point, but it, but it has to be at a much later point. First, we we have to actually see the back and forth. I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it's going this way, it's coming this way. You have to watch that go back and forth and see those, uh, those uh, three marks of existence. To actually see those, uh, uh, see uh, permanence, see that nothing is, la you can't find anything that's lasting. All have uh, different levels and you can't find uh, anything that isn't discontent, that's suffering or discontent is very powerful. You have to sit a long time to see that. And I'm not talking about the idea of, of suffering, which is, uh, shows up uh, to those who just chat about this and don't practice as nihilism as opposed to eternalism. But you have to actually see that this is the basic situation is difficult. It's, just, it's not satisfying. Something is, is uh, off. Somehow, being a living being with nerve endings. And then the, the last one is uh, that there isn't anyone having this experience, that the experience is having itself, you could say. So the awareness of that is, uh, is enough. One just has to continue and continue and continue and keep, uh, the way I say it, stretch the awareness, just keep prioritizing the awareness over what arises in it. What arises in it is phenomena, and it comes up and goes away, shows up, goes away. It seems that in this practice, or just generally meditation, there's an expectation that one may become more peaceful or more uh, tranquil, at ease. So. Yes. In seeing awareness as complete or enough, is that tranquility? <clears throat> it could show up that way. I mean, having having uh, emotions and passion, passion, aggression, and ignorance, but where there's nobody having any of that, then it it, it can't keep going because it needs to have some kind of polarity for it to continue. So you might say that it was tranquility, but you it also you could call it. Uh, dispassion not wanting anything else not this is not wanting some other thing or some a more of something or less of something else it's a sense of longing um different from not wanting anything else mm -hmm. 
Yeah, longing isn't really wanting something. What is it? It's not separate. <laughs> Any questions? You've been talking about the three marks of existence, and I think uh, a couple months ago you said sometimes they talk about a fourth mark. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could say something about that. So the fourth mark is uh, the Buddha saw uh, uh, saw um, impermanence, aging. He saw sickness. He saw death. He saw the dissatisfaction, uh, suffering, and the impermanence, and uh, uh, and no self. And he also saw uh, a, a monk or a wanderer or sannyasin. And, and saw the first three and saw that there's, this is just the way the story goes, saw that there, there was a way to understand what this is, that, that you could actually exist, be and be at the, not separate from all those first three, impermanence, uh, suffering, and egolessness. And, and there was a, such a thing called a spiritual path. So that was the fourth one that sometimes is used. A wanderer, I can't think of the Sanskrit word for that. Mm -hmm. A question from Kozan out in Traverse City. She asks, you said some traditions have the idea of an enduring self. Mm -hmm. In no self, what is personal karma? Uh, it's impermanent. Nothing lasts. Personal karma, just if there's an imputed or a feeling like there's somebody, there is a physical form here. It's, it's also impermanent unless we chase it, and then it gives the illusion of going on and on and on. Did I answer your question? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if she gives me the thumbs up or not. Yes. Uh, Christina from uh, Petoskey has a question. She asks, what creates faster or slower momentum of thought? Hmm. I, 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 the, my understanding of it is if you hold very still for long periods of time that the thought, the momentum of thought begins to slow down, there's less speediness. Even, even by doing a lot of that, even when you get off the cushion and you interact, what's called post-meditation, there's less, less tendency to uh, grasp and reject and shut down and, and and even if that does, even if that does happen, the, the fixation is less. There's less clinging to whatever you're finding, less uh, like believing in something and locking down on something. You might calm and you might feel it. You might feel some anger, but it doesn't last very long. It kind of loses its trajectory because of the sense of a, of a solid self that's feeling a particular way, that going back and forth between me and how I feel and me and how I feel. Sometimes we even hear it in a person's language. Sometimes people will say, well, the way I was taught was, you know, like, as if that some, carries some kind of weight. Or I've always felt that you shouldn't do this, this or that. I've always felt that way. So as if that's anything other than just re shoring up some kind of self-centeredness that doesn't want to be exposed as being unstable. No question?
Um, you've talked about thoughts as being something that you receive. And I was wondering if you're receiving thoughts, how they are also um, adding. They may not be. They may be just coming out of the causes and conditions that arise as, as like the shape of your head or your particular lifetime. They're just things that are rising out of your particular karma. Do nothing with them. Actually live your karma. Don't miss your life. So those thoughts, eventually you realize that you have thoughts without a thinker, without, without an identity behind it. You realize they're just, it's quite interesting to actually have all kinds of thoughts happening and the thoughts can't find somebody that's thinking it. It's uh, uh, sometimes referred to as an open dimension. Uh, and even even uh, difficulty can arise in that area and still not, not particularly find uh, a self. It's when something arises and then the imputed identity doesn't like that or likes that or doesn't want to be bothered with it. Those that's that's when we start to do something with it. We we do it if we if it doesn't work to do it with ourselves, then we'll do it with other people in our family or or everything, our world. Are there different types of thoughts? Thoughts that are received and thoughts that we impute. I think there is a difference. Is it important to know that difference? Well, if you continue to practice meditation and that's continue to try to train your mind, then you will start to see that difference. But it needs to arise out of your awareness, not out of thinking about that. I'm trying to separate it out and trying to make sure these are the thoughts that are spontaneously arisen and these are the thoughts over here that I'm adding on to these and I need to take these and set them aside through some kind of... Uh, uh, mental uh, you know, uh, protocol or something more the thoughts that are imputations are those still arising out of um, causes and conditions beyond our say so that's a secret <laughs> Somewhat, it's, it gets it gets a uh, kind of difficult to start to separate things when the fundamental teaching is not separate. So there's something that actually transcends the whole polarity while not getting rid of the polarity. So the very polarity itself uh, is not separate from the consciousness, the awareness that understands or sees or uh, is aware of that polarity. So there's nothing to correct. That's why the Zogchen teachings is called the great perfection. Because there, if you see it, there's nothing to change. Which the people will say, well, that's crazy. Of course, there's wars and there's people are mean and are abused. We're not we're not ignoring that. Just saying that you that you the, the fundamental situation as it is through uh, awareness uh, is not seen as being separate. It has to be an individual understanding rather than, than some kind of group think. Or further questions? You look it up. How does the awareness um, that there's no one to suffer, how does that um, relieve suffering, as in the Four Noble Truths? Yeah. So my understanding of it is that the, the suffering comes and goes and it doesn't belong to anyone. So there's no one who's who, there's no individual who is uh, who is uh, has a problem with that. 
because the suffering doesn't belong to anyone anymore. So there's no my suffering as opposed to your suffering. Mine's worse than yours. Yours is worse than mine. There's so much suffering in the world. There's this and that. And there's just this. And it's not separate from anything. So therefore, uh, like the Buddha said, life is being, existence is suffering. There's a, there's a distress going on. And maybe you're not particularly feeling distressed, but there's distress everywhere in the world. Difficulty. So you're not separate from that either. More? Um, is it the attachment then to the suffering that it ends with the no self? So yes, you could say that the attachment to that, needing to have some kind of validation. If there's just suffering, there must be somebody who's suffering. Difficult to, to respond to that in a in a way that is fundamentally supportive without getting in the way of you, the need. You could say the need or the, the the understanding where you need to see that, rather than I need to package something up that's uh, marketable for your for your ego or for your Buddha nature or for your uh, left elbow. Follow up question from Kozan: mm -hmm. If there is no enduring self, then why do we work with the idea of continuity of the seeds in the storehouse? I'm not sure what uh, goes on. Could you see? Why do we work with the idea of continuity of the seeds? If there's no enduring self. There's just more parts. They're just more. It's just the, the vasanas or the habit energy that's, that gets thrown out. And there seems to be an aspect of consciousness that tends to store things. Mm -hmm. So this happens. Therefore, that happens. Therefore, this happens. But there's no one. There's no singularity there. I mean, you can point to something that is a single, you know, a single feeling or something like that, but it's it's fundamentally not separate from everything else. It's dependently arisen. The vasanas are, or habit energy are, are dependently arisen. Q? Uh, is polarity what, what uh, feeds the storehouse consciousness? Well, the, it's, it's picking and choosing. Wanting this, not wanting that, and pushing and pulling and continually going around and through the three poisons, grasping, rejecting, shutting down. So if that's what you mean by polarity, good and bad, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, the eight worldly dharmas, is that, is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. And also is, is, is that what gives rise to a compounded thing that's impermanent. So, how does it look to you? What does compounded mean? When you ask the question, you used Dependently arisen. Okay. So, kind of looks that way. I mean, it's just a simple way of talking about it. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to look at what, what the fuel is there. Wanting things to be different than they are. Wanting something else is second noble truth, the desire, grasping, craving, wanting something else. Whatever arises is completely appropriate. That's that's a big, uh, big situation. We're, we're, we're faced with this constantly, day in and day out. Uh, every time we look at anything, we're, we're, we're faced with, uh, I like it, I don't like it, it's, uh, or I'm indifferent to it. I'm sure you've all noticed. I'm sure you've noticed that. We've all noticed that. And it is not about getting rid of that. 
And it's not about manipulating that. It's about being aware of it. <laughs> it's hard to, for Junchu to get away with a yawn in here. She tries, but she waits till I'm looking way over here, then she yawns, but I see her. <laughs> Who wouldn't yawn? Further questions? Earlier, um, Michael asked a question about thoughts. He said to look for, to see if there's an adder. Mm -hmm. um, and then when she has on this question, asking about thoughts that are just received, do we have to see if there's a receiver? No, particularly. It's just receiving. There doesn't need to be any kind of receiver quality or principle, if that's what you're asking me. If you look, there isn't any. There isn't anyone to receive it. What do the imputations arise out of? I think it's a combination of things, but basically, simplify it: fear, fear of, fear of. Uh, Impermanence, fear that who we are is not going to last, even though we conceptually know, of course, we're not. Of course, everybody knows we're going to die. But the actual situation of that is not imminent. You can actually say, well, that's off in the future. That's some other time. So probably fear would be a good one to look at that. And it's not about getting rid of the fear. It's about being aware, it's always about awareness rather because your particular causes and conditions, your karma, however you want to say it, may need to play out in different ways that, that I'm not going to meddle with. So the only thing I can say, the way I meddle with you is if you'll allow me to, is please train your mind, sit down, hold still, see it for yourself. I'll help you. I'll support you. We'll try to keep this place going as a, uh, um, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. The Sangha is very important. As I'm sure those of you who've lived here for a while realize how important not only this building is and this structure is and these forms are, but other people who are practicing the, the very same thing that you're practicing uh, with a lot of intention and a lot of uh, uh, insistence. Junchu. Yeah, I could say there's nothing to change or nothing to fix. Sometimes when I come into the whole show, we talk about my practice or something. And you may make small adjustments or we'll make them together. Uh, are those adjustments changing anything? Well, they may be, but it's, it's the whole idea of trying to fix or get rid of something is what I'm addressing when I say there's nothing to fix. I'm not saying that uh, if you're having difficulty with some particular aspect of the practice, that there isn't some other way of working with it. It doesn't mean that we're fixing something. It means we're just looking at the energy that's coming and going that's confusing uh, and trying to find a way to work with that uh, that's uh, um, supportive to your awareness practice. A bit more about that. So I might have someone do change their the way they're sitting or uh, I, it's, it's rare, but I've actually occasionally will tell people to stop sitting for periods of time or, or sit in a totally different way, depending on what I'm seeing. Not because I'm all that insightful. It's just that if somebody comes to me about some thing that's happening with, the, with their awareness practice, I might modify some of it if, if they give me permission to. If they're asking me about what's happening with them, then I might, I might modify something. And I, I'm not saying I think about it. I just 
thinking of one particular person in particular that uh, is only doing block sitting right now. They don't do any daily sitting that I know of. They just block sit. And that comes out of listening to them, talking to them, hearing what they're talking about, what's happening with them. But, but it's not like a correction. It's like looking at the energy that's there and saying, you know, you may need to uh, stop doing the tango and start hip hopping. It's just a just another dance, another form. Some people might need to be doing uh, uh, Theravadan practice or a closed eye Vipassana meditation. I don't know. If you're here in this room, probably not. Further questions? From Jim Johnson up in Muskegon. James Johnson. Says, hello, I've been motivated in the past to try to stop bad things from happening. Could this be described as wanting things to be different than they are? Sure. This doesn't mean that you wouldn't do things like that. You wouldn't uh, make some adjustment adjustments like this based on what you're saying. We're not saying you should just freeze and not do anything anymore. But it's just, uh, that's why they, the Buddhism is called the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. A little bit of tension, but not so much that you shut down your awareness. A little bit of uh, loosening up, but not so loose that you that your energy goes in all directions and is, uh, um, is uh, sloppy. <clears throat> if you, the, for those of us who are doing uh, practices in here, uh, whatever they may be, whether it's the practice that I do when I come in and to teach, this is my form. I'm watching my forms. When you come in and do your forms, watch the form. Watch, look at the incense, look at the flowers, look at the altar, look at the figure, look at, don't, don't necessarily add on to it, just look at, at what it is in its presence. Uh, you, you should be able to look at this Buddha, when I say should, that's a little bit of a qualifier, uh, so not know what it is. No, uh, to actually not always go to the name of something, but go to what? what is it? It's dependently arisen. So it gets its particular quality of being this as opposed to that by through dependent origination. And this basically stitches together the, the self-centeredness. Same kind of uh, energy as that, yes? Q. What is the uh, sloppy energy you just mentioned? Yeah, I thought you'd ask me about that. <laughs> well, that needs to be corrected. <laughs> I'm saying just uh, we tend to get a little bit too loose with, and, and but it's about awareness of that rather than than some that's wrong and we need to tighten things up necessarily. You could say that, but it needs to be done. If it's done with awareness, then we're not being too much, uh, too militant about it. And we're being uh, respectful of the forms and respectful of other people, respectful of other people's difficulty with their emotions, their mind, they're their working with the forms. Actually allow someone their confusion, uh, starting with yourself. Stop giving yourself a hard time about anything. And if you do this, then you will actually allow yourself, you actually allow yourself to have negative emotions without trying to fix them or stop them or shut them down. Be very generous with yourself. Allow yourself to, don't miss your life. Don't shut down on the very thing that the Buddha pointed out. Life is suffering. If you're on this path, then you need to do what the Buddha did. 
awaken to this or what this is. Life is suffering. It's difficult. There's no solid, there's no solid self in the skandhas. There's no being anywhere. And yet there's still uh, speech, body, speech, mind. It just doesn't belong to anyone. How do I say your name again? Yan Ji. Yan? Yan Ji. Ji. But I look at those consonants in there, I think, yeah, wait a minute. No, that's not going to work. So that, <laughs> so I can't get the, I keep feeling like maybe I should write it out uh, phonetically for myself like you would for a fourth grader. You know, and, and okay, I'll memorize that. And then when I see you, I'll think of that. Yanji. Okay, Yanji. Let me say your name another time. Yanji. <laughs> Go ahead. Very good. Um, you just said, uh, or something like, um, we should do what the Buddha did. So, I did say that. Should we, I know should, right? So, should we put ourselves through almost near starvation? No, he, he's, he's already done that. So, you know, it didn't work. So, <laughs> you know, he practically died. So, you know, he, he, he went through a lot of things and uh, came up with, uh, well, just uh, the, the, the Eightfold Path, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, and different structures that came out of his understanding, out of his awareness that brought it back down into some kind of concepts that could give us some kind of support. When I say we need to do what he did, we need to see the truth for ourselves. That's what he did. And so we need to use his model, and it helps us. Uh, It'd be really hard to just read about Buddhism and do this without actually doing some of what uh, was done, some kind of form and some kind of um, awareness practice. So he, if he talks about uh, the lakshanas, the three uh, marks of existence um, of uh, uh, impermanence, uh, suffering, and no self, then we need to look at those and, and see those for ourselves. We need to see that for ourselves. He helped us by pointing out this is what he saw, but then we need to see it ourselves in our, in our own way, not just the concept of it, but see beyond what the concept is pointing to. So impermanence, that's, that's something that could look, we could look at very closely. And all compounded things are, will vanish including all of us and this building and this world will not last. It's not not particularly pessimistic. It's just the truth. More? Mm -hmm. Further questions? We've got time for another question. If anyone has one. How about a really easy question? What is it that does last? Mm, change. <laughs> <laughs> Even that probably didn't last. That's just another, just a word. It's interesting to look at that, though, is it not? The, the, anything you find that looks like it's going to be there uh, is, is limited. It's not going to last. Even uh, astronomers and so on talk about how long suns have been around and how much life they have left. The sun will be gone in so many billions of years. I don't know what it is, but... Something about that's just interesting. Final question. Very good. Thank you. We'll stand and dedicate prayer in the back of our red campus. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway. 
as always, we do depend on and appreciate your financial assistance. And also don't forget that this Saturday is the all day, so please join us if you can. May Emeritus penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 